0: al Bayan Radio presents the following Friday khutbah from Masjid Al-Azhar Bilmo asking Allah that it serves as a benefit for all. In life, two things can happen as you progress through life. And one of these two things determines as we mentioned the state that you die in. The state that you die in is the way or the state that you're going to face Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If the state that you leave this world, you're from the people of paradise, Alhamdulillah. Even though you live the life of the people of hellfire, but as the Prophet ﷺ mentioned to us that when the son of Adam, he comes a hand span or arm span away from death and he does actions of the people of paradise and he dies upon it, thus he enters paradise. So two things can happen in someone's life as they progress. Either he is classified from the people of hellfire or he switches over to the people of paradise. And he can bounce in between the two. He can live the early years of his life from the people of hellfire. Then he can live the middle part of his life from the people of paradise. And then he, again, he can revert back and live from the people of hellfire. Then switch again towards the last moments of his life and live through the people of paradise. But the problem is, is we don't know when death comes to us. We don't know when that stop point is. So why risk living by the actions of the people of hellfire so we die upon it and we face Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that state? Why put ourselves at that risk? A lot of times we have this number in our head. We're doing a lot of things that we shouldn't be doing. But we think to ourselves, when we get to a certain point in our life, when we get to a certain age, we'll stop. And the human being bases his life on hope. You know, I hope that when I get to that age, and when I get to that age, then I'll be from the people of the paradise. It's so easy, it's so simple. But it doesn't work like that. Because when someone's so in drowned and dissolved with evil and bad actions, it's very difficult for him to switch. Very difficult. And thus a lot of people that go down the path of evil and corruption, unfortunately that's the path they get stuck in. And we find a lot of people, if you want to say the majority, the way they live their life, the first portion of it is actually good, fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but the last of it is not. The last portion of his life, he's away and he's distant from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Like I said, you can go in and out, but the majority would live like this, where the early part of his life, he is fearing Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, he's in love of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, he's love of the Deen, and towards the later part of his life. He indulges himself in haram and becomes so buried in evil that he can't switch back. And he knows that he needs to switch back. He knows that he needs to change, but he can't. Why? Because his heart is diseased. His eyes are diseased. His ears are diseased. His body is diseased. And as if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not want to guide him anymore. Because he has moved away so far from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And let me give you some examples. Remember, the early times of your deen, of your religion, maybe your teenage years, your early 20s, late 20s, whatever it may be, if you've passed that already. When you stand for salah, you stand with khushu. When you hear the Qur'an, it will tremble your heart. You would give zakat and sadaqah without even thinking twice. When something haram came, you would say, no, I fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you know something, maybe haram you will avoid. When you heard the Quran, you would cry, your heart would shiver, you would wake up in the middle of the night asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness. You'll be praying Qiyam. You'll be reading as much Quran as you can. You'll be enjoying the good, you'll be forbidding the evil. But now, as the later part of your life, that's not important anymore. Those things are not important. Too involved into the dunya, too involved into corruption. Too involved into evil. And you know what's right and you know what's wrong. But you just cannot flip back towards the halal. Towards the beautiful life that you lived before. Because you drowned too much. In the evil and in the corruption. Let me give you another scenario. Let's say your 20 year old self came to see you today. And were to speak to you today what would that 20-year-old self say to you? Would he be happy with you? Or would he be disgusted by you? If your 20-year-old self, hypothetically, were to travel in time to you at this present moment, and see you, and see what you're doing, and how you're living your life, and all the dreams, and all the ambitions, and all the thoughts and ideas that you had in your mind at that age, were you at your prime? you're fearing Allah the most. If he were to come to you now, what would yourself say to you? What are you doing? I live my life seeking knowledge, increasing my iman, increasing my faith, connecting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I sacrificed so much as a youth, as a young man. I didn't commit zina. I didn't do evil. I didn't drink alcohol. I didn't do all these type of things. I did all this... For my future self to wreck it and to destroy it. I sacrificed friends. I sacrificed going out. I sacrificed so many things for this. For you to be like this. I dreamt of paradise. I dreamt of having the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every step I did and every action I did, I did it according to the Quran and the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And now this, this is what I have become. The older of us, the earlier of us, would be disgusted with the later of us. That's the truth. For what a lot of us have become. إِلَّا rahim Allah, Except the one that Allah has saved. These people have progressed and increased and become even better. But unfortunately, Allah, if the majority, haven't. As if Islam now is on the back shelf. And what would you say to your younger self? Would you say, you know, listen man, I got busy, things changed. You know, the ambition of the deen wasn't there anymore, the fire wasn't there anymore. He'll say to you, when was the last time you memorized the verse from the Quran? And you would say to him, I cannot remember. Why back then you were memorizing Quran all the time. When's the last time you read a hadith of Rasulullah When's the last time you listened to a lecture from beginning to end? When's the last time you, you bought an Islamic book? You bought an Islamic book. This is the problem. We were at a time, a lot of people were at a time where they were very connected to Allah subhanahu wa Taala, But they themselves chose to move away. Because they got to a point where they had money. Money increased. So I want to know the causes. Money. Wealth increased. Back then you're relying every day on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Your reliance grew that everything comes from Allah. But when you had money and reserves, that started to push away. You started to think, I'm in charge of my money. I'm the one earning my money. The dunya opens up. You can purchase luxury items now. Luxury things. You buy a brand new car. What happens when someone scratches your brand new car? You tremble. You get scared. Someone scratched my car. That can be fixed. You have a heart attack. When you buy something brand new, you make sure where you park it, you make sure where you put it, you make sure. What happens after time? After one or two years, you don't eat in your car, you don't drink in your car, you don't do nothing. Brand new car, after a couple of years, what happens? It's completely trashed. You don't care. Even if someone bumps you, you're like, listen, don't worry about it that's what happened to yourself you used to be very you know aware of yourself very cautious of your deen that your iman doesn't get scratched your heart doesn't get damaged your soul doesn't become destroyed your eyes your ears your body does not become influenced you used to guard it you used to make sure that nothing happens to it You used to see a woman you say a'udhu billah you used to turn away you used to lower your gaze now it's been scratched, it's been damaged, it's been destroyed. For some cases, it's been written off. And you don't care. It doesn't affect you anymore. And this is what the companions, and it's human nature, and this is something, it's a battle you have to fight. They said during the time of Rasulullah the people, when they will do an action that's... A minor sin. Or even makruh, It would be considered like there's a mountain on top of the heads that's about to fall and destroy them. And now these days, talking in the later generations, after Rasulullah wasallam's death, he said, a sin is like a fly that lands on someone's nose and he just brushes it away as if it's nothing. So, yeah, we understand things changed, but doesn't mean you have to. Checking yourself back in, connecting yourself back, especially to the things that connected you to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the beginning. Sometimes giving sadaqah, sometimes, you know, finding where your holes are in Islam. I gotta fix my salah. I have to really start concentrating in my prayer. I have to fix fix my zakat. If I tell you that a lot of brothers, Allah. Allah'u alam how much? Pay incorrect zakat. Would you believe me? That the zakat is incomplete and incorrect. Because there are other aspects of zakat that need to be paid. But they don't. Because one, they don't have the knowledge. Or two, they're ignoring it. Wealth or what you have in your bank account is not the only amount of money that you have to pay your zakat on. There are others too, and that's where you have to go back and do your research. Or the fasting is not correct. The fasting is not correct. There's a lot of people that are fasting, but they're not fasting from swearing, they're not fasting from shouting, they're not fasting from cursing, they're not fasting from any of them. Their eyes are not fasting, their ears are not fasting. So again, a person needs to check himself and first the fundamentals Tawheed, obviously being first and foremost, I need to reconnect to my tawheed, to my belief in Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Who is Allah? Who is the Creator? See, so a person really has to go back to those fundamentals, the basics, and build up again those old books that you used to study. They used to go back, have a read, build your faith back, and reconnect because in this world, unfortunately, it is a battle. The battle between this world that you can have which will lead you to the hellfire or the akhirah or the hereafter. That you connect with the hereafter and that leads you towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's pleasure that leads you towards Jannah. A person always, he strives for a happy life but they do everything the opposite to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guarantees us or tells us for us to have a happy life. We think by moving away from the deen, moving away from the religion, that we're having a happier life. We're not. If anything, that will give us a worse life, will put us in a worse situation. It might have temporary joy, but that temporary joy is not going to last very long. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, about, A'udhu billahi وَمَنْ أَعَرَضَ Whoever turns away from the reminder, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala between the Quran or the sunnah of Muhammad And alayhi wa sallam Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says I will give him a life of hardship a life of struggle why? because he's turned away from Allah so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala turns away from him so when he needs Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his life when there's a calamity and a problem and he raises his hands he says Ya Allah help me because he's been so far away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then that dua it's not accepted. Why? Because his life is haram. His wealth is haram. His clothes is haram. His food is haram. Everything that he indulges in his life is all in sin. So how is Allah going to accept his dua? And this is Rasulullah that when a person makes dua and his wealth and his clothes, all that is haram, the Prophet said, how is Allah going to accept his dua? How is Allah going to accept his supplication? Because when you come to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you come to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for you to rectify yourself. Not for you wanting something. Dua is not a deal that you make with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ya Allah, if you give me this, then I'll become a better person. Ya Allah, if you cure me from this, or you provide for me this, or you get me out of this situation, then I'll start praying. It does not work like that. But that's what your actions are showing. Rather a person that prays and fears Allah and is connected to Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will answer his du'a when he makes it. But when his whole life is evil and corrupt and in sin, where is Allah going to be there for him if him himself is not with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Even hidayah, even asking, you know, in salah we ask Allah for hidayah, for guidance. Constantly, even if you're the most righteous man on earth, you're still asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for guidance. But we're so, so far away. And the issue that we have is this issue of comparison. Brothers, never compare yourself to the people. You always hear this statement, but the people, but the people, we don't care about the people. We don't think to ourselves, you know, I'm going to go of pleasing Allah one step higher to what the people are doing. No, sometimes the people are so far away from the truth, it's between the heavens and earth. That's the distance of the truth and where the people are. But the people are doing it. But the people are using it. But the people are acting according to it. But we don't care what the people do we don't care what the general person does we care about what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants and what Allah asks of you it's not hard, it's actually very simple these days you go to a brother, ah, it's haram but the people are doing it, alright, the people are doing it, I many people are right but this is evil, but everyone's doing it But that's the whole point, that's why it's evil because evil is based on lust and desire and it brings the human being in. That's why the Prophet ﷺ said, توبَ Glad tidings to the strangers. Why? Because a stranger is different. He rejects what everyone is doing and only cares what pleases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's it. It is strange to fear Allah and to avoid haram while everyone else is indulged in it. And this is what we hear all the time, but everyone else is doing it. It doesn't matter, everyone else is doing it. Everyone else is going to the bank. Everyone else is taking off their scarf. Everyone else is shaving their beads. Everyone else is involved in riba. Everyone else is involved in haram. Everyone else is going out and chick chatting and having girlfriends. Every other person is doing this and that evil. Everyone's listening to music. Everyone, everyone, everyone. That's the problem. Can't you see that's the issue? That just because everyone does it, that's even more proof that it is wrong. And that is evil. Because look at those people. Would you consider them to be people that Allah is pleased with? No. They're not people that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are pleased with. The ones that are pleased, Allah is pleased with is the one that moves away from the evil. That moves away from the haram. That moves away from the corruption. And you know what? Even if you're by yourself. Even if you're by yourself. You're the only one in this whole world that is not doing it. Because you're doing it to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then you're on the truth. But Our minds are are, are, are clouded. We can no longer see what's wrong, what's right. Everyone else is doing it. That guy seems to be religious. He's dancing, so it should be okay. That person's uh, so-called religious. He's going, coming with women. He's only having a coffee, so it should be okay. This is the issue. This is how we fall. This one, naturally, he's got to be the but he's backbiting everyone. Seems to be okay. He's slandering. That seems to be okay. He's talking about evil. He's talking about this. He's doing this. He's doing that. Should be okay. No, it's not. Human beings, and have this as like your lesson in life. Generally, human beings, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us, ضعيفة, that we're created weak. Generally, human beings are weak. They were a weak creation. Physically, physically, we're a weak creation, and mentally, well, and, and and sort of the mindset is also weak. We're very easily influenced. Very easily influenced. Even our bodies. We can kill ourselves by tripping over. Someone can trim, bump his head and die. That's how weak <laughs> the human being. He hasn't got armor on him. We have to wear clothes. When we go work, what do we do? Hard hat, boots, steel caps, you know? Rough pants. Because we're weak. The human being is actually physically also very weak. In stature and in nature. And very easily influenced towards evil. Very easily influenced doesn't take a lot to convince a human being that he's doing something right, but he's actually doing something wrong. Who was the, the origin or who fell into that? Adam salam. Adam salam fell into that from promises that were given by Iblis to the point that he convinced Adam salam that he's actually doing something good. That's the nature of human being. But a person, Allah tells us that He has showed us the two paths. A person has the Quran and the Sunnah of Muhammad. He has a living example and within detail to know what's wrong and what's right. And that comes back to every person. And just remember think to yourself, if my old self were to meet me today, what would he say? Would he be happy with me? Meaning the point where you were prime in your Islam, in your religion. It might be now. Uh, please Allah protect you to the future. But if it was in the past, what would he say about you? I want to remind the brothers, inshallah, in regards to sadaqa and, and zakat during the month of Ramadan. And the brothers, inshallah, are available in regards to zakat and sadaqah and anything else you need to know. And we mentioned the zakat. The reason I'm saying that is... Find out what you need to pay zakat on. There is a lot of assets and a lot of things that you may or may not have, right, that can and cannot, depending on the situation, fall underneath the title of zakat. And I'll give you one example. If you believe that cryptocurrency is considered to be an actual currency of trade, then you must pay zakat on it as part of your wealth. Just like you may hold American currency, Indian currency, Indonesian currency, whatever type of currency that you have, it's a value of wealth, be it physically or digital, then you must pay zakat on it. That's the reality of it. So when your zakat time comes, if you're paying zakat in Ramadan, sometimes people are paying zakat outside of Ramadan, It's the calculation of the value of that to pay in zakat. And if you believe that cryptocurrency is not a currency, then you're actually holding something which is called gharar, which is considered to be doubtful, which you're not supposed to have. So if you consider it as a form of currency that you buy and sell and trade, then zakat is upon that also. And these are the statement of the scholars, the ulama. So that's something you need to, it's just one example we're given. That if you have that, because if that's the case, if I have a million dollars and cryptocurrency, don't forget it's a currency, just a digital form, that anything that's considered by the people to be a point of trade is considered to be a currency. Right? Anything considered to be, be it paper, be it whatever. Coins, whatever. It's considered to be a point of trade, like the money we have in our pocket. It's considered to be a point of trade. It's accepted between two parties or a group of people to be a trade. Or internationally, it's known to be a point of trade. So, if that's the case, if my zakat is due and I have a million dollars, then I can just buy a million dollars of Bitcoin and I don't have to pay zakat anymore? No. It's still a store of wealth, it's still a currency. I've just transformed it into a different form. Why? Because the general, in the international community, consider it to be a currency, a point of trade. You can buy it and you can sell things using it. So that's just one example. And stock items. Certain stock items that a person holds, holds zakat too. The best thing to do is to write everything that you have, sit down with one of the mishayikh or the brothers of Alam, and go through and try to work out what zakat you need to pay. That's just advice, because again, we're getting so many questions, and we're realizing that so many people have no idea of what zakat is, or how much zakat they have to pay. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make it easy.